Salutations! <laughs> and welcome to the 54th episode of the In Ugh. the House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am just delighted to be here tonight. I'm, I'm pumped up, I'm amped about uh, getting some things back on the right track, on the right foot. So I'm pleased to be here. I'm waiting for the day that you say I'm Evan Floyd and I'm just pissed about being here. I can't Thoroughly stand annoyed. it. I, well, if we're ever eliminated from the playoffs at a day when I am uh, hosting this podcast, then you can wait for that day to occur. Okay. But since we've started, we've never failed to win a championship. That's very so true. We're one for one, wow. but uh, still. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun night. We've got a guest tonight, yeah. so uh, the the loneliness that we felt last week is over. Uh, we, we've got somebody in <laughs> the room weird. with us. The show got weird. It did. It went strange directions. Um, and to go in those strange, direct, strange directions, I need somebody to help guide me both off course and then back onto it. Mm-hmm. And I can think of no one better suited to that task than my partner, <laughs> who is coming to you live tonight. From a bowling alley in Boise, Idaho, Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, welcome on. This is the least fancy place I've ever... See, that's what you want from a bowling alley, isn't it? Well, you know, I've done like... You've been to exotic locations, for sure. Tons of exotic locations, and I figured I would calm it down a little bit. I was like, you know... Uh, I feel like doing some bowling. Hey, every now and then you just got to try to knock some pins like down. Some bowling. I'm not mad at you. Boise has great, great planes, man. Okay. <laughs> Do they have anything else of any interest? Potatoes. Have you gotten any of this? I didn't want to like give into the hype. I understand. Know? Yeah, it seems a little on the nose. Yeah, to go I don't want to Idaho and then get potatoes. It's like no, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to bowl, man. I get that. I get that. It's like if somebody goes to Paris and orders French fries, it's right. a little bit late. <laughs> Like, what are you doing, man? Freedom fries, man. I understand. Uh, but, Andy, we've got a guest tonight. I have Thank once God. I have once again <laughs> taken advantage of uh, my position with the club. And speaking of, the disclaimer, which uh, is coming now. I am an employee of Louisville City Football Club, and any opinions that I share are not necessarily opinions of Louisville City Football Club, their affiliates, or their sponsors. So please take anything I say. With enormous grains of salt, do not hold my employer responsible for my idiocy. Ditto. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has to say that, too. Yeah. I forgot. And so th- that therein is our team employee and our guest tonight uh, from the front office, from corporate sales, although he's held basically every position you can have in the club over his time with the team. Coach? Yeah, twice. <laughs> twice. He just snuck into the locker room and gave some pep talks. Uh We've got Dylan Terry tonight. Yeah. Welcome. Dylan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We're looking forward to it. Man. We're really excited that you're here. Uh, we have the advantage now of having you've been with the club for how long? Uh, since August 2017. Tw- August yep. 2017. Nice. You came on originally as an intern. Yeah. Interned under Lipner in 16. Actually. Okay. And so then you... interned again and then got hired on and... time in January of last year. And in that time, you have lifted heavy things, you have made many phone calls, you have set many meetings, Absolutely. and attended many meetings. Uh, tell me, before we get into you know the meat of our show, what drew you to working for Louisville City Football Club in the first place? Yeah, so born and raised here, 
love soccer, played soccer, been a huge part of my life since I was two, three years old. Went to college, played soccer, and, and during that time, um, you know, towards the end of my college career, it was like, oh, soccer's happening in Louisville, it's coming back. And everybody, you know, I, I remember talking to my dad on the phone, just being like, oh, they're doing soccer in Slugger Field, and it's going to be a thing, professional soccer. And, and you know, obviously I was hesitant at first, just kind of thinking, you know, what's, what's, what, what's going to be in store? Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming back and going to a game, like even, I mean, in 15, Absolutely. going to a game, and I was just yeah. like, holy smokes, like these people are from all over the place. And like, I, I was shocked at the immediate passion, mm-hmm. whether like maybe the soccer knowledge wasn't there necessarily, or like the player knowledge, obviously, because everybody's new. Okay. But like people just bought in and it was fun and we were yeah. good too. Yeah. That, yeah. Being good has carried us a long way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has increased the soccer knowledge of the town. Yeah. I think that uh, even the, 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 uh, the again the dirty word the casual fan I think is just so much more knowledgeable now than we when than when we got here. Word? It's just it's sort of a little bit derogatory to call somebody a casual. It, it just is as opposed to formal. Uh, as opposed to a formal fan, <laughs> we're, we're making that a thing. That is my new. I have never heard uh, that. Formal, and I am formal fan. Yeah. So. so what kind of fan are you? I'm, I'm semi-formal. I'm yes, semi-formal. semi-formal. I, you know, I, I sweaters. No tie, but a button-down and a sweater. It's, it's a good look. It's strong. Business casual. No, I've been thrilled uh, the same with the development of the team over the course of the last couple of years, and uh, I get from my new inside perch. I get to see how important you've been to that, and we appreciate it, and we're excited to get to chat with you throughout the night. Heck yeah. Uh, we, we give one Herculean task to all of our uh, guests on the show, and that is to t- aim this ship in the correct direction. Yeah. Uh, set our coordinates towards the future or towards the past. God knows we can't do it. So. Could you flip a coin for us, please? Absolutely. This is a Tennessee quarter. Tennessee quarter. 1796, it became a state. It's tails. All right, Very good. we got a tails line there. There, that means that we're gonna do a game review first. I'm not sure anybody's ever pointed out the state. You do, yeah. Andy does frequently. Did I really? When you're flipping it, you almost always are like, "It's a, it's a Delaware." In fact, I'm pretty sure you've done one that was a Delaware here inside. Never. Howie Lindsay, when he was on the show before he was hired with the team, uh, Howie Lindsay brought a quarter. And then told us what yeah, the order was when he flipped it. So, Dylan, well done. Informed. You're painting word pictures for our listeners. <laughs> yes, I am. And I'm sure they appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about a game review. And in this particular instance, it's not a, it's not a happy thing. It's not a happy memory. Uh, the most recent game that we have played was Monday night. We're recording on Wednesday. And it was played Monday night in Kansas City against Swope Park Rangers. And the boys in purple dropped... The game, two goals to three, which would be a loss. It was our first loss in three games, and it was an unpleasant way to lose. So here's the thing. I did not watch the game. What? Yeah, I know. I've watched highlights. What? I know. We were at a... We, Rob Zombie was in town, and we wanted to expose our, our, our progeny... Your unborn child? ...to the classics early. We had great seats for it. Like, crazily good seats for it. And so we were at that, and so I didn't... So it was... It what? Was, I know. So it was like the excitement of walking into a Rob Zombie concert, and then walking out and looking at their our score and being sad. It was yeah. a roller coaster of emotion. 
It was it was a roller coaster of a game. Uh, Dill, did you get to watch it yes. at a at the watch party? Were you yes uh, went to the watch out? party and then it lightninged and yes. the TV all eight TVs in the Elmo Ball actually cut to the local programming, which at the time was the Andy Griffith Show. Excellent, and that was was an it a good situation. episode? It was a good episode. Opie is an electric <laughs> actor. <basically. laughs> It's just the thespian quality. I mean, there. really. But, no, I did, I did get to watch the game. In the second half, um, I thought the sub was great. Luke came on, did a great Immediate job. Immediate impact. Nothing against Taylor. It's just down two goals. you got to step up. Bring the offense, and, yeah. and he did a great job. And, honestly, after the second goal, I was like, gosh, this could be 5-2 swinging our way. Like, I did, just had that momentum. And then, it did. you know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes go by, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it's just... A close, close game, and Niall makes a makes a tackle. I think every day of the week that's a yellow card. But prior, prior. Do we want to go straight I to mean, it? Do we just want to cut all of the crap and go straight to the red card? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it, so please. Did you? Was it in the highlight package? It was in the highlights. All right, now. Not a red card. Okay. Full disclosure: I was at the game this week. Uh, and so I had a extremely bird's eye view. I had gone to stand uh, in one of my uh, normal-ish locations. It was sort of Scouse's house adjacent for Swope Park. And uh, my view, I saw the ball get dispossessed. I saw Nile chasing him down, and it was all in slow motion, man. You could just see him about to make the tackle. And I think Dylan's right. I think that in the 24th minute, of a game and with no history with the referee and no nothing I think that's a yellow and uh, and a listen man you're on no ice so and, and that comment uh, I think Niall had been talking a blue streak to this referee which for, he always does he does but he, it was, it was, it was magnified was it really in pain? this game he had been jabbering at this referee for 30 straight minutes. I was going to say, because that's kind of Niall's thing. Like every, I don't think I've ever watched a game where Niall played and didn't yeah. kind of always have He likes to, to give him the business. He does. And that's, He even said that when we interviewed him. He was like, well, yeah. He's not going to let... He's not going to no, be run yeah. all over. Uh, but, and I think that that, more than anything else, was what garnered him the red. I think that it's... Like I say, I think it's a yellow under other circumstances. It was definitely a blatant foul. And uh, he coming f- straight from behind and not from the side, I think that you know that makes it a easy judgment call for the ref where you can go red and nobody can really be like you're just wrong. And I think he'd had enough of Nile at that point and just decided, you know what, I can do a red here. I'm gonna. Yeah, felt that way. Dylan, yep. you played uh, Division One soccer at University of Evansville. Go Purple Aces. Yes, sir. Uh, and. Let me ask you, how many straight reds did you get in your career? I uh, got, well, let's see, one in high school. Okay. Straight red. One straight red. Did you Did you have So, similar situation. No, I mean, honestly, this is a thing. Like, Niall, like, guy plays with grit, plays with a chip on his shoulder, never is one to just dive and whine. Like, he's, he no. plays pissed off, and he's yeah. really efficient doing it that way. Great at it. Um, I think he's, uh, full disclosure, I think he's having the best year of his Lou City career right yeah. now. I think that his form has been amazing, especially since he's mostly had to sit further back this year than we're used to seeing him play and having to play much more centrally than we're used to having to see him play. 
And I've, I've thought he's he's been playing tremendously well off of Magnus. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, so I just I think Nile, like you said, he's played fantastic. I think against Swope Park, full transparency, a little bit of an off night. Yeah. Touch he, was a tad off. He wasn't, um, he wasn't on his strokes game. a little bit. So when you realize that as a player and so late in the game, frustration just builds and builds yeah. and builds. Knowing that you... I mean, in reality, we're two, three goals better than that team. Yeah, that's. I think. I think the guys know that, and that pent up frustration with some of the foul calls, some of the chippiness, some of the discussions with the referee. I think Nile knowing that they're on a three on two counterattack, making a professional foul. That is a professional foul. He made an executive decision. I'm nowhere near the ball. I'm gonna get the guy. Yeah. I'm gonna slow down play. Let our guys get back in behind. That's a professional foul, and I don't think it was. A red card. I don't think it was that malicious. I don't think it was any right. more malicious than any other yellow card. Yeah. It's just the fact that it was so late in the game and that frustration had built up. Yeah. And referees don't forget those conversations. Don't forget no. those, you know, the berating them the rest of the game. I think that he was going to get a red card there pretty much no matter what just because there was no shot at the ball. It's one of those things where you could see that he was gaining on the guy because he's the player is trying to figure out where he's going next. He's slowing down to survey, how do I make this happen? And Niles gaining on the guy, but not gaining on him fast enough to get outside of him at all. And because you're coming directly from behind. Yep. Since there was nothing to the side of it at all, I think that that made the referee's decision easy, if not necessarily correct. Did I, he turn it over? Uh, was, it, I, was it his turnover and then he tried to feel. I feel like he made a pass that there was a bad touch off of and the ball went directly back to the guy that was marking okay. Nile in the first place. Because that plays into it sometimes. It, 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 a it referee was, sees that you are the person that turns over the ball yeah. and then you go back and make a I would have to challenge. go back and watch that and really think. Because all I, I have it clear in my head. It clear in my head mm-hmm. of him turning, being 10 yards behind the guy. Yeah. Sprinting, and you're just watching in game yeah. on the guy. It's so. This is always, and I've actually always wanted to ask you about this. This is probably one of the most puzzling things for an amateur fan. How about that? An amateur fan such as myself. Right? Sure. The relationship between the ref and the players in any given game seems so much more personal. Like, like you all said, like, all game, Nile been giving him shit. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, it's just, it, you don't, I don't feel like you see that a lot in other professional well, it'll sports. Well, like, it'll be helpful having Dylan here for this conversation. Uh, let me say what my piece, and then I want to hear a, a significantly more accomplished player's opinion. Uh, generally, I always feel like you have... You form a relationship with the referee during the match. Now, the, most referees would prefer that conversation with them goes through your captains, and that it be done uh, respectfully, if not vehemently. Like right. you can, a captain has a lot more leeway to be like, "That was a fucking terrible call. What are you thinking? Why are you? How could you possibly have?" Than the guy who just got fouled. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're going to take that more personally than if you know the 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 captain comes over and says, "What the heck, man." Uh, and so it is, it's a give and take throughout a game, and you have to know sort of the line of where you can get to and be okay, and where you can't get to right. and not be okay. And Niall skates that line in games. 
Like, I'm pretty sure we've seen him get a yellow for dissent in the past, just for yelling at the refs and not for whatever was happening on the field. Uh, he skates right at that line, and when you're living on that line for the whole game, that means that that second line, which determines what color card you're going to get, is a lot closer than maybe it would be for, let's say, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of, let's say, uh, George Davis who had just come in late in the game, he makes that same tackle, had probably not talked to the ref yet during that game, also doesn't have a reputation for being, you know, sort of hot-headed about these things. If George Davis makes that exact same tackle, he maybe gets away with it because he hasn't been yelling at the ref all game, mm-hmm. and the ref probably doesn't just know that guy likes to, that guy likes to, you know, jabber. And so Niall is at a double disadvantage there. You have to sort of build credence with the ref throughout a game, too, and sort of every now and then be like, hey, you got that right as you're running by. That sort of deal, that builds a little something. Whereas if you're just complaining for 70 minutes, then yeah, ref's less likely to be charitable with you when they're trying to make decisions. Hmm. Is that Has that been your experience, Dylan, or am I talking out of turn? Yeah, especially at the professional level, you always want to go through your captain because your captain always seems to have a little bit more of a longer leash mm. with like being very, very upfront and like, I mean, Paulo Del Piccolo several times in the playoffs these last two years. I mean, in a referee's face, in, in his grill, yeah. telling him stuff. But it's not, you know, up yours, you suck, all these things. It's like, wasn't a foul. It was the ball. It's, right. I mean, you're getting up in his grill. And I feel like there are times, especially when referees are maybe more sensitive or want to have a bigger personality in the games. We mm. saw that against Pittsburgh. That referee Just, wanted to be involved in yeah, the game. That was right. this huge deal. And when referees are like that, with the big personality, if you will, somebody like Niall, who is going to let you know that you made a bad call in a very sometimes derogatory way, and public, it's, it's going to happen. It's, and let me just they're going to take that personal. I think it may not have helped either that there was basically no crowd. Uh I'm not exaggerating here when I say there were maybe 200 people in the stands. Maybe. And that's charitable. Uh, the, so we were playing at the home of, the, uh, of Sporting KC. Right. Which is a big 18,000 person stadium. And it is cavernous. Like it feels big. It feels cool. And we had gone to several of the coaching staff and the technical staff and myself had gone to the KC game the night before. And it had been packed, and you can't hear anything that's happening on the field, and, you know, everything's just sort of a dull roar, and it's awesome. In this game, with no one in the stands, we could hear every word that was being said on the field. Every word. Like, I could have, if I had chosen to be heckling the goalkeeper, that goalkeeper and I would have come to blows. Like, I mean, he could have heard everything clearly with me speaking. Uh, I was in the living room and I could hear it over the broadcast. Right. I could hear like Steph, drop, yeah. pinch. I got I every it. little bit of it was be was completely vocalized. And sometimes, even when you're on the field, if it's loud enough, you can be yelling at a at a ref and they don't know exactly what you're yelling. They just know you're displeased. Right. And you can get away with a little bit more than if you are yelling at them and they know. They're hearing every f bomb and they're hearing you insulting them as opposed to just being clearly upset with the call. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's part of the reason why players, when they get injured, or when they get fouled in their minds on the field, are, you know, gesticulating hugely. Huge gestures, huge, oh! And everybody makes fun of them about, like, oh my god, you almost died from nothing. But the bottom line is, sometimes you're just trying to show the referee that it's right. happened. 
Because if it's loud enough, the referee can't just make out every word you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you can't calmly explain, hey, that guy got all ankle. It really hurt. Like, you got to you gotta call that going mm -hmm. forward. You have to fall down, roll three times, hold your ankle, throw your arms up in the air. And, ah, right. yeah. Anyway, I don't think that the game hinged on uh, Niles' red card. I mean, obviously, that the next play hurt us <laughs> as it was the game winner. The the ensuing free kick from that foul is what gave them the win. Uh, but I'll say, really, 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 really tough luck for uh, Brian Holt to come into this game. Uh, he had essentially practiced with these players for about 45 minutes total in his <laughs> signing. Uh, he arrived, got to do training the day before, and then uh, he had arrived for the game last week and was just basically uh, in there for warm-ups, and then had to go home, try to get moved, and uh, then was there for a one training session with the team, which is the day before a game, so it's mostly a walkthrough of specific things, not a full training session. Yeah. And then you're in warm-ups, and you're going, all right, you know, I'm, I'm getting my feet wet with this team. I know everybody's name now. Like, we're getting there. And then uh, Ben... Gets the ankle a little bit uh, touched up and has to has to come out of the lineup. You've got to put Brian Holt in, and I thought it looked a little big for him in the moment. Uh, it seemed like some of the mistakes he made were not mistakes of being a bad goalkeeper, but were mistakes of, I can't believe I'm having to play right now. Right. And uh, uh, I don't know exactly where everyone is supposed to be right now. Uh, obviously, the first one, it's... I don't want to say inexcusable because, you know, maybe he thinks that he's supposed to be playing the ball somewhere and he can't. Uh, but in the end, you're playing the ball directly up to the striker, and that's that's very rarely going to go well for you. The second one, uh, you know, we had been playing through the back again uh, to try to play all the way forward. And listen, we can't, just because you change one position doesn't mean you can change everything that you've worked on all year. And that's how we play. I, I hear you out there. Hi, Internet. I hear you that some people don't like trying to play back through the keeper and play back up through. And they want to go forward and they want to, you know, get get up the field. Okay, fine. I hear you. I'd like to do that too. But sometimes you got to play back to the keeper. And we can't change the way we play soccer for an entire game that everything we've practiced for for 6 months just because there's a new guy standing there. And so it looked a little sloppy, a little tense. The ball gets away, and then uh, a couple of not great defensive efforts to get back to the ball on that, and then a little dink over over Brian Holt. And that one wasn't even a bad effort. It was just, you know, it's a tough save, and he didn't make it. It is what it is. And then the final one, he got caught in no man's land. He didn't know he was coming forward. He didn't know if he was going back. That's the keeper's absolute worst nightmare, and you just sort of have to own it. I would have been way more okay with it if he had just said, you know what, I'm going, and you miss, and it's an open net, and the ball goes in, you'd go, well, damn. We, I tried to get there, and I didn't get there. Right. Uh, whereas that was indecision, and indecision is absolute murder for a goalkeeper. See, and that's the thing about that goal, just watching that. It is so difficult having not played for a long time. Yeah. Just visually, in terms of your like muscle memory and yep. just seeing that, you can sit there and cross balls into him all day long, and he can go up and go grab a cross in a practice setting. Yep, playing that ball where it's like, do I go or do I stay? 
that requires so much repetition and game-like experience to just see that. And that game speed also. Yep. Uh, you can't simulate that. Now, if you go out and you get a USL or an MLS keeper, then, all right, you know, that guy's probably up to speed on that and he has a little easier time. But, I mean, Brian Holt, while totally qualified and has a nice resume on under his belt, he's not seeing USL game speed in a little bit and trying to make that judgment in the fly on in front of the your team. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. Where, refresh my memory. Where did Brian come from? Creighton. Okay. He played at Creighton. Uh, he's played some in, uh, I think he played a little bit in the USL for a couple of years, and then I think he's been playing PDL, and then he's been out for a little bit now. He's been at uh, Jacksonville Armada for a little bit right. in, in ASL. I think he's been a free agent here for a little while, yeah. uh, but ultimately, you know, a completely reasonable and talented keeper, just not up to game speed yet. I, I mean, honestly I, think that if we have to see him in the Open Cup game <laughs> or in the, uh, in the St. Louis game, that if it is him for either of those games, I think that he'll feel a lot more confident after a week and a half, two weeks of training. And, I mean, I expect to see him against Birmingham. And Birmingham might be another struggle for him. Yeah. Uh, might be, while you, he gets up to snuff. Do you think that there's something to be said for, you know, Ben hasn't been on the team long, but he's been with the team, you know, this season. And he's played basically every game this season. So do you think that there's something to be said for, you know, developing, like, that mojo with the rest of the team. I mean, that Brian just didn't have a chance. I mean, like you said, like, hey, welcome. Hey, we need you to play. You know, like... Yeah, you can't explain every single one of your outlets to a keeper over the course of, you know, uh, 45 minutes or even a three-hour-long phone conversation. I mean, it's so much, especially for a keeper, it's so much about rhythm. It's so much about vision and timing. And he can't possibly have that yet. That doesn't mean that he's not qualified to have that. We believe he is or he wouldn't no, be No, right, here. right. But right now, he's not there yet. And he could have used at least two weeks. I think that, realistically, I imagine they were hoping he was going to be ready and rambling to go for the Open Cup game. He's an American, and you get Ben Lunt a night off. And they were thinking, hey, if we can have him for you know with our system for three weeks... That by the time we get to the Open Cup game, he'll be he'll be ready to rock. Uh, this is two and a half weeks of practices before that that he had to he had to be and was didn't know he was gonna be until 20 minutes before the game. Right. Which again, you can't undersell that either. The mentality, no matter how much you're like, hey, next man up, I got to be ready to go. I'm sorry, there is no mentality that makes that work uh, when you're told 20 minutes before a game, hey, you're playing, not him. That's not how professional athletes operate. They've been training all week for their role, and you change their role in any way in 20 minutes beforehand, and it's going to throw you. And when it's a, keep, a position as important as keeper, and the guy hadn't been with the team, it's it's brutal. It's brutally yeah. tough, and I hate that he got put in that position. And it was sort of the exact stuff that we wouldn't have wanted him to deal with if he had mm-hmm. to be. Like, everything felt fine in the first before the lightning delay. Everything felt fine after we tied the game until Niles Red because we controlled action so much that he just had to make comfortable plays. Right. Like, all right, so I gotta know if I'm going right or I'm going left, and I made the right choice. Way to go! And he looked completely fine doing all that. Yeah. The things he had problems with were the toughest plays keepers can have to make, which are judgment decisions. Yeah. Where do I outlet this when I'm being pressed? Oh shit, I picked wrong. And do I come and get this or do I not? Oh shit! I picked wrong. Right. Yeah. 
It's brutal. It's freaking yeah. brutal. I, I am optimistic that we'll see good things from Brian Holt before his time with Lucidity is done, whenever that will be. Yeah. Uh, I expect him to play against Birmingham. So, I mean, that's... I, I don't think we're... I, I don't have inside information about our injuries right now. I'm just saying... I expect him to be our starting keeper when we roll into Birmingham, and I expect him to perform more confidently after a week of practices under his belt. I think for for the entire team, though, kind of falling back on your question, the entire team, um, you have to get used to a keeper's communication. Everybody communicates differently. That's where I was going with it, right? Like, you got to get Ben is going to communicate different than Holt. Mm -hmm. They're going to communicate completely different. And, um, you know, also there's an element to it as well. Like if, if, like I played as kind of a winger, as a left winger, and I had so much confidence in myself because I knew that I had a damn good outside back behind me Mm -hmm. that was awesome and lights out. And there's something to be said about playing a little bit more free when like, I mean, think about our last two years, like the the confidence that was built with Greg over the years. And just for the back line being like, I know he's going to step up and make a save against Phoenix. I know he's going to step up and make that save against New York. I expect what it because I see it every time in training. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can't build that confidence in somebody in a day. <clears throat> and Niall talked about that when he was on our podcast about the idea that uh, you know you feel more confident making or taking a risk in moments like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, I can go after this ball because the guy behind me's got it. Yeah. And uh, you know, Brian Holt, maybe he starts coming out after that ball thinking. My back line doesn't have this. You know what I'm saying? And then if he yells keeper in that instance, then those guys don't go up after the ball. And I don't know that he did yell keeper. I'm just saying if he does yell it, then our guys don't go up after the ball. The the uh, swope guy does go up, gets his head on it, puts it in the net. All of it sucks. All of it sucks. I thought, let's talk positives for a minute now, though. I thought uh, you were right, Dylan. The, the Luke substitution made a world of difference. We looked like a different team the first half hour of the second half. Uh, so many chances on goal. The finishing right now is just, it's real tough. Uh, we had, I think it was 20 shots, on, 20 shots in this game and 14 of them on net. And only... There was only one nice save, frankly. A lot of it was ju- there were two nice saves that are, that jump out at me. The rest of it was a lot of just being in the right position and trusting that our guys were going to do something special, and our guys mostly didn't. Magnus did something special. Yep. Uh, the free kick that was <coughs> that was shades of Cameron. Yeah, I was going to say watching that, I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but that's a Lancaster right there. Yep. It was beautiful. Yeah, was that was that your role? Were you a free kick taker? Like uh, summer PDL, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, college, on and off. But, no, I mean, that free kick, too, it's not like he, like, blasted it a no. million. Ma- Maggie can rip a ball. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. That wasn't, like, a just a pelt to the upper like upper V. It was not at no. all. It was just, like, step up, hit it to where the keeper's not. Yeah. Let's go. It was a professional take. It was like, I am not going to yeah. miss this. Yeah. If, if, if I'm not going to score here, it's going to take a special save. Yeah. And the guy didn't come up with a special save. Yeah. It looked like, no matter what, I'm putting this on net and I'm going to make it tough. Yeah. And he did. Instead yeah. of trying to hit that completely glorious, no one could ever save this, or I might be 30 yards over the bar, we'll see. He just said, I'm putting this on frame, and if he makes a great save, you tip your cap. And he yeah. made the right hit, and it was it was gold. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that. And frankly, I think that can be a confidence booster for a player, especially in mm-hmm. that spot, where... You know, that might come into play 
two games from now or six games from yeah. now where in the back of his mind he's like, I got this. Because yeah. you can... I, I, you can see him do stuff like that in training, where it's just, oh, yeah, you know, no problem. It's in a game, though. Can I do this? Of course I can do this. Remember when I did it before? Yeah. And Cam clearly got into that rhythm last year where you sincerely believed if he stepped up between 22 and 29 yards, it was going 35, in. 35, Indy. Sometimes even a, up to that far. That thing was yeah, insane. Was that was insane. Nice. That one's just special. Like, I was literally right behind that. And he just, like, turned around, like, his hands were up, yeah. like, nothing happened. It's like, Cam, pro, like, EPL guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was, that was some special stuff. Jeez. But I'm hoping that, you know, three games from now, when you're putting that exact same spot, Maggie's going, I got this. Yeah. yeah. Just walks up and hits it. Because uh, we haven't had that yet this year, and that's been frustrating, is that we haven't had the special playmaking from set pieces that we've had sometimes in the past. Uh, we've got $25 on the line for from Oscar yeah. and Paco and haven't had to pay up yet this year, which is it's frustrating. When you, I think we got it four times last year. I mean, you know, it is the season's young, though, and I'm going to stop saying this at some point, but I don't know what point that is. Could have won that game by four or five goals. Yeah. Could have, yeah. but didn't. Didn't. And that's the bottom line right now is we didn't. Uh, got the second goal, Luke and Lucky and Abdu just hammering at a tree. Just balls in there on the keeper and just pounded on it until it went in. I'll take it. That's what she said. Hey, oh, goodness. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, no, I, I was going to say, I think... This year, 2019 campaign is a little bit, it's going to be different. Not saying we're going to have better results, worse results. I think it's going to be different. You look back at our track record, Fondy, mm-hmm. Chandler Hoffman, arguably Luke in 17, Cam in 18. We had a goal score. We had a nine. We had a nine who was arguably going to score a goal a game, and if he wasn't going to score, he's going to score the next game. Yeah. This year, that may be different. Yeah. Especially with somebody like Ownby, who's a threat every game. Yeah. yeah. George was out. Luke was out. Some of these guys that are out, you know, you're asking a rookie in Abdu and a new guy in Lucky to step up and become a goal the scorer. Guys, yeah. And yeah. I'm telling you right now. Sliding Nile up into that false yeah. nine role. I mean, you know. But molding, molding into a new team also takes time. Preseason, you can do it. Mm. March, you can do it. It takes time to develop that. We're going to have to see where the goals are going to come from. Correct. We're just yeah. going to have to find out. And maybe at the end of the year, we look back and we go, man, Abdu got 11. Right. You know, maybe yeah. we look back and say that. Yeah. Uh, right now, and I, we've been banging the Abdu drum since the beginning of the yeah. preseason, but I feel like Abdu is doing absolutely everything right except scoring. I mean, that's yeah. just sort of the way it is right now where it feels every game where he, he leaves two behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry, man. Start finishing them. Like, that's, in the end, you got to finish him. I, I think that he's playing so well in terms of creating space, in terms of running off defenders, rubbing off defenders. He's doing a really nice job. He's got a nice touch when he gets the ball in the air when you're playing him a long ball. He's doing some nice things. He's putting himself in position to have six or seven goals right now, yeah. and he's sitting on one, maybe two. Two, two or three, yeah. Not, not many goals. Well, and another thing, too, he's, uh, I've just kind of realized it a little bit. He was a goal scorer in college. Number nine, play him up front, yep. center forward, throw him on there for 35 minutes, give him ten minute, give him a 10-minute breather. Yep. That's the college game. He was goal scorer, go out and score. Go beat people off the dribble, mm-hmm. run past them. 
He's got to play a 7 or 11. He's got to yeah. play a little bit on the wing. I know we've put him in a central role at times. Sure. But learning that position, it's another world wide. It really, and people don't understand so much how more different space. that is mm-hmm. in terms of positioning and where you go when an outside back goes high and tucking into the middle and like all of these Especially things. Especially with the amount of press that Hack wants to use. Yeah. Right. You know, being able to know when to track back and when not to. But you got to change your game, and that takes time. You have to, like, he's not just a let's dump balls in behind and I'm faster than the guy guarding me and I'm going to go score like he probably could have done in yeah. college in yeah. the Big East, which is fine. But you have to develop a little bit different element to your game when you're pushed out wide, and that's where he's been. And Lucky's the same way. Yeah. And Lucky, I think he's he's continuing to come on for this team. I think that his play has improved week after week. I thought he played another good game this week. Yeah. Uh, again, though, the finishing. I mean, it's that last touch. Right now, we are not seeing the quality in the final third that we all want to see. Yeah. And until we do, we're going to lose games we should win. And we're going to draw games we should win. And we're going to, you know, fail to dominate games that we should dominate. And this was one of them. Because bef- it was a tale of, really, three games. Mm-hmm. It was, we looked fine in the first 15 minutes. Lightning happened. We looked terrible in the next half hour. We made some tactical changes. I give Hack a lot of credit for the second half. A, putting Luke on, and B, they they found some space behind the the back line of Swope, and we're exploiting it with some long balls from the fullbacks up to Luke, up to Abdu, up to Lucky, and they were getting in behind him and creating trouble for that team. There were some gaps in the coverage, and I thought they did a nice job of exploiting them. It was fun to watch because we were throwing balls up, but it, we were, it was one-on-ones. And if you throw a long ball in and it's one-on-one, well, then half the time your guy's going to bring it down and be in a dangerous position. Yeah. Uh, they did a nice job of finding that space. I know sometimes people think that it's sort of a, a sad way to play soccer or a cheap way to play soccer to throw the ball forward like that. But if you've got one-on-ones and 15 yards of space between the back line and the keeper, it's, it's dumb mathematically not to take that chance yeah. to me. Uh, if that's what they're giving you. And that means if they are playing that far forward and that spread wide, that means that they're going to be pressing you if you're trying to move the ball through the middle of the field. And we were getting pressed if we tried to make, you know, three or four great combination passes to get there. Take what the defense has given you sometimes, and they did, and they got two goals out of it, and it looked like could have gotten four or five. Yeah. Uh, I think in the last, I guess, two, three years, a lot of times when, I mean, Paul has played 90. Yep. Almost every game, the entire 17-18, he's played 90. Oscar and Kyle. Oscar, Paulo is so much this team's metronome. I just, I mean, really to a T, is yeah, just, hey, yeah. guys, we got to go. Let's push forward. Let's go. He's our guy. Hey, guys, let's slow down. Let's bring it back. He's our guy. He's a captain in a lot he of is. ways. He is. In a lot of senses of the word. So when, when you talk about, like, our kind of, I guess, your identity of, like, lumping balls forward or, every, you know, we're, I don't think that we are as good in possession. We are a possession-oriented team. We yeah. are not direct. That's That's been our identity for three, four years Yep. from James. We are, let's get the ball on the ground, let's knock it because we're better than the other team. Yeah. Without Paulo in that central role on a sloppy field, Yep. it's not as easy. Nope. That's that's just the reality. I, I In my personal opinion, I, I agree think that's the re- reality. And especially in those conditions, a lot of times... Putting balls in dangerous spots. Somebody falls is, down. Yeah. Risky. Yeah. It's risky for a defense. It's you want that as a, as a as you're going forward. You want that. So 
ultimately, we lose the game. All of the statistics other than goals for and goals against look incredibly lopsided because we are better than they are. Uh, but, you know, we'll get to a point, and I've been saying it on the air, we'll get to a point in late July, early August, where if we're sitting still in ninth, 10th, 8th, 11th place, and we're not getting results, we're technically outplaying teams but not winning games, where, yeah, I'll start being nervous. I'm not nervous yet. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan is nope. making a lot of good make the let-the-cake-bake yeah. points. That we've got to find out what we've really got. A, we got to get healthy, and we'll talk about that in the preview here in a second. But B, we gotta we gotta see really let guys settle into their roles. And once people settle into their roles, whether it's Nile having to play more centrally, whether it's uh, Abdu playing out wide like you were talking about, whether or not it's Tosh really finally owning that six spot instead of mostly playing center back yeah. who goes forward a little. You know, maybe those things all happen, and we gel together, and we go on a 10-game run, and everybody's looking back on this going, <laughs> remember when we were struggling? Yeah. Or maybe we're still struggling in late July, and everybody has to sort of take some time and go, maybe we're not that good this year. Maybe we got to regroup. Uh, hope we can go on a playoff run, but we got to regroup. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm nowhere close. I'm still nowhere close. It's freaking the first day, first week of May. I'm not there yet to try to yeah. guess yeah. about what we're going to be when the games start really mattering. I'm, I'm still convinced, still convinced that we that it's going to be, we're going to have that one game where we figure it out. Like, co- like weirdly, collectively, we figure out how to start finishing, and it's going to be this crazy, like, 5 nothing game. Do you and all remember the, like, the, the Tuesday Toronto game yep. last year? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I remember being like, Oh my gosh, are we in shambles? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Oh, like having those thoughts because it was fairly late in the year. Yep. And then it's like, oh wait, we won our last ten games and beat Didier Drogba in the USL Cup. Like, yeah, that yeah. happened so fast. Yep. We yeah. were, we were. I mean, obviously the Phoenix game was close. People were afraid. We were this guy unplayable was in the Eastern Conference the entire month of September and October last yeah. year. Yeah. In, in November. Yep. We a New York team with a ton of talent. Some of those guys got signed all over the place. Rocked them at home. Yep. Indianapolis, decent squad, decent team. Controlled that game. Rocked them. Charleston. Bethlehem didn't have any business playing on our field. No, no business. Well, (laughs) and that was. I remember the skies falling feeling when we were just coming into the hack era last year. And uh, we had a draw, and then we had a win, but it was like, eh. And then we yeah. had a loss that was bad to Toronto, and then we had a win. And it was like, well, maybe we're trying. And then it was a loss to Cincinnati, and everybody went, well, who cares? We're the end. We're going to see. And then it was over. That was that was it. After the Cincinnati game, we didn't lose another game, I think. And it went straight to the end of the year, just yeah. freaking steamrolling people. Yeah. And it was a good feeling. And we could go on a run like that. This team has that in them 100%. But so much of what we're talking about, though, is we got to find a way to finish. Yeah. Because uh, right now, it's that we're not getting the goals. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about how it might be, uh, some of it is, stylistically, this team is not designed to play from behind, and it's not designed to play with a tie. This team is designed to go out and get a win, or get a lead, and, and just keep it. pushing for the whole game against a team that is now spread out and desperate to score. And we see, haven't had any games where we've gotten see, to do that. But see, we say that, and, you know, when we this last game, we came, we were down, you know, 
two goals to nothing, and we came back yep. to time at least. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's that's all I got to say about that game. Anybody have any other news or notes? I think that the main things you can take away, the big takeaways, are great free kick from Maggie, tough game for Brian Holt. Red card was maybe harsh, but understandable. And uh, you know, gotta gotta bring it the whole game. Gotta bring it the whole game, man. And we're playing like 15 minutes of good soccer, 15 minutes of bad soccer. And that's been a little bit of a theme this year. And I think consistency consistency and finishing are the two main bits to me. Yep. All right, let's do a game preview. Okay. Uh, we're playing Birmingham Legion yeah. again. This is our first repeat game of the year. So we get the away swing. Birmingham beat us 3-2 at home. It was their first win of the year. They have not... They haven't played terribly since then, honestly. They, uh, they're they sitting in 11th place with 11 points, and they're a game behind us. If they were happened to beat us, they would leapfrog us in the state in the standings. Uh, they are not a good team, but I don't think they're as bad a team as some people thought they might be coming yeah, into an expansion correct. year. Agreed. And especially the way they started. They started slow, but you can tell that that's a team that's starting to know each other better, know each other's strengths and weaknesses a little better. Chandler Hoffman is uh, always a scoring threat. He got yeah. one against us, and he's he's not getting as many minutes as he was early in the year, but when he plays, he's dangerous as he always has been. Uh, honestly, the game we played against Birmingham kind of mirrored the game that we played against uh, Swope this past weekend. It was a 3-2 to two loss, yeah. and they got their game-winning goal in the 87th minute of yeah. that game yeah. when it felt oh, wow. like, hey, we've got this figured out, and we're going to come back and win. And then, no, instead they get a cheap goal late, and you're just going, what the hell? At 11 a.m. Yeah, that was the 11 a.m. On a Sunday. So that's the other bit, is it was weather delay. That was such a weird time to play. The other parallel with this game, there was a weather delay. Uh, It was was a strange event playing in that game. It was weird to watch, because my wife and I watched it from here on Sunday morning. It was like, what is, nothing about this feels right. Nothing about this feels right. No. No, felt. I mean, honestly, felt like a like a club practice. It or did. Match. Yeah, it, felt, it really did. It felt like a, a inner squad. When that's got to have something to do with like the players themselves, like the mentality oh, of the absolutely. players themselves, like the routine you that you get into. You never play a pro game that early. No, any, on any level, you never play that early. We play. We played in front of probably 600, 700 fans that day, mm-hmm. something like that. So still more than we played in front of against Swope <laughs> last night yeah. or on Monday night. Yeah, but. Yeah, it was low energy. It was. It felt a little off-putting. Uh, nothing ever felt normal or natural about that game. We got the goal to go ahead, and then they scored before we had finished celebrating. They got yeah. the equalizer. And then uh, they go ahead, and then we get our equalizer, and it felt like, hey, everything's normal, and we're going to come away with a draw here, which sucks, but at least, you know, we're not losing. Oh, no, we lost. That was right. how that game felt. Um, which is a lot of how Swope felt last night. Like, well, you know, we would have loved to have won this game, but we fell behind 0-2, and you get come you come clawing back, and you win, and you get a draw. Everybody will be happy with that. And then they get, and the, then they get the cheap goal yeah. at the end of the game, and you just go, well, son of a gun. Uh, Birmingham, like I say, sitting in 11th place. They're overperforming expectations, but all of their underlying numbers still suggest that it's not a team of our caliber. Uh like, if we could look at the season without having to look at goals for and goals against, 
we look like one of the three or four dominant sides in the East again right now. Yep. Right. Uh, every number except that looks really good. Our expected goals has finally flipped around. The The Pittsburgh game was a weird one where they had way more expected goals than us just because we had no threat in that game. We didn't threaten at all in that yep. game. But uh, other than that game, I mean, we we had a better XG than North Carolina in the 4-1 game. Yeah, we had better. We've had a better XG in every game but two, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this team looks really good on paper, minus we give up too many goals and we don't score enough. Yeah. Uh, Birmingham does not measure up to us in any of the statistics that matter, other than goals for and goals against. Uh, I'm expecting this team to come out hungry and angry. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. expecting this team. Uh, all right. So, super full disclosure, I traveled with the team this past weekend, and it was the first time I've really traveled with the team. Yeah. Who'd you sit next to? Uh, on the flights? Yeah. Uh, Frano is my seat buddy. Really? Oh, that, that was a blast. It was Probably the best. The best it was Frano the best. The dude the is so I have friendly. A, I'm choosing to believe that Fight Club said, I want to sit next to Evan, but I imagine it was alphabetical. But uh, I'm still saying that uh, Frano and I, we uh, we had a perfectly nice time. We was it the best plane conversation you've ever had? Honestly, we didn't talk at all on the flight home because, yep, nobody you know, did, why right. would you? Uh, but the the other flights, they were lovely. He's just a, such a wonderful human being <laughs> yeah. to be around, yeah. always. He's like, like one of the nicest just, people I've ever met. Yeah, he's he's, like, he's the best. Yeah. Cap, I was sitting next to the cat. Uh, it was it was really nice. So I traveled with the team, and uh, so I got to sit in on some stuff that I normally don't get to. Yep. And I'm never, ever, ever going to disclose stuff that happens behind closed doors. That's completely unacceptable. I'll just say that we don't have any business commenting on soccer. And I think it's important that we recognize <laughs> that. <laughs> That's true. That, and, and I mean Andy and I sitting here. I mean you at home listening. I mean everyone who's ever written on Twitter and every other person who comments on soccer. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Absolutely. And the fact that we all believe... Listen, I've been a fan of this game for 30 years. I've played it for 25, 30 years. I have paid attention at the highest levels of soccer with intricate detail, read all of the available information as much as I could get. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And I didn't know that I didn't know until I was seeing the level of preparation these guys undergo, the attention to detail that is inherent in every meeting, in every training session, in every practice, the stuff that you and I would completely take for granted as soccer players just know to do that. There is so much that goes into if you are standing two yards too far forward or two yards too far backwards and how much that means to what your team's trying to accomplish and did this guy swing over to cover the throw-in or did that guy swing over to cover the throw-in and if it's the wrong guy you're completely screwed and the the level of uh planning coordination and preparation that goes into every game dwarfs what i would have ever imagined in such a way that I don't feel competent talking about soccer. I mean, I'm gonna, but I don't feel. I re- at least now I realize I that say, I'm not that competent to do it. <laughs> at least now I'm coming from a place where it's like, yeah, I'm an idiot, but here's what an idiot thinks, and I'm saying that I read and consume everything on Loose City Twitter, Internet, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook. If it's out there, I'm probably seeing it. 
and I'm telling you, we don't know what we're talking about, people. <laughs> like, if you think, oh, we should be doing this, or why aren't we doing that, or have they considered doing this, or yeah. let's get this guy, or let's move this guy to this position. If just you shoot think, the ball! That's my favorite. Just that's shoot my it! Just shoot, shoot it! it. Yeah. You don't know. You, Shut up. Well, the, that is, it's mind-numbingly simplistic of us all. Well, and here's the thing. It's like, it's like any other sport. It's like, if you played professional basketball in the NBA, you have every right to say, like, oh, that's a bad whatever, whatever, whatever. Sure. I played college soccer, and I feel like I have a pretty decent college like soccer IQ. Mm. Sure. Nowhere close to Hack. Nowhere yeah. close to Danny. No. Nowhere close to this team. I'm ser- Like, I'm serious. I, like... They but, are far, far, far and above anything that I ever learned in a college soccer setting. Yeah. And obviously that's American college soccer, but still. I mean, like, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in soccer. Right. Nowhere close to where they're at. Not not even close. And so, the, uh, and, and I would never have said that for you. I'm glad that you're, that you feel that way too. But the bottom line to me is that having seen all that, when we're talking about this game against Birmingham, I feel completely confident that they're going to have an excellent game plan going in. Mm-hmm. I feel completely confident that the game plan is tailored to the opponent, that the set pieces are on point and practiced, that everything is going to be as it should be. The training, the fitness, the everything. In the end, it purely comes down to, did we execute? And I think the reason why we were just talking about how all of our underlying numbers look great that is the prep. That is the guys being in the right positions to do things. That is the coaches putting them in the right positions to do things. That is having a game plan that is coherent and and uh, correct. And then the goals is it's the minute of failed concentration from a back line. It is uh, an experienced keeper. It is the failure to finish. Mm-hmm. That's what's causing the scoreboard. But the reason why we our numbers all look so much better is because this team is prepped. This team is... Smart man, the players, the questions they ask in these meetings are so deep into the nuances of the game that if we are sitting there and being like, "Well, I don't know why he's not going forward right now," because told to, because we have no idea what we're right. talking about. Yeah. Because if he goes forward right there and we give up possession of the ball, they're scoring a goal in forty seconds. That's why he's not going forward yeah. right now. Because if the ball goes out of bounds and they get a quick restart and he is four yards to the left of where he's supposed to be, then we're going to get burned into the corner and then they're going to have an even cross over into the center of the field. Yeah. Because we have no idea. The we're all just armchair quarterbacks at the end of the day. And like, we're not everybody watching the game, we're all just armchair quarterbacks. We're not even armchair quarterbacks. That's the point I want to raise is we're not quarterbacks. We are armchair morons. <laughs> and the like. I, I'm completely down with, hey... The results aren't happening, and we have to figure out what's going on and why, and how do we try to improve that? And uh, you know, we're fans, and we care, and we want to know, but we don't actually know. <laughs> well, <laughs> and there are some instances, absolutely. It's like a guy beats his guy, like, like for example, just I hate to call him out, but like Luke against Will Park gets through. It's a shot, should put it couldn't, on frame. Couldn't get As it. As any yeah. fan would know, should be on frame. Yeah. There are certain things tactically, like what you've just been speaking about, that are just so far above our heads yeah. that you just can't question. And that's, I guess that's the frustration of, like, 
calling the the, the moron. I mean, really. <laughs> well, we are. Yeah. And I am 100% including myself in this. I am not trying to say that any of the people who comment on Loose City Soccer are themselves more moronic than anyone else. I'm just saying that the level of knowledge that is possessed by these guys, we are not raising any concerns that they are not fully aware of. And the ones that we are raising that they're not aware of, it's because it's completely nonsensical and couldn't be implemented. Uh, I was, I was, I come away from that road trip way more confident about everything about this team than I was going into the game. Just because if in the back of your mind you're thinking, man, it seems like maybe, you know, we're having a lot of hamstring injuries. I wonder if, you know, we're not getting the right stretching regimen. And then you see the level of uh, attention that our physical trainers give these guys every day. Mm-hmm. Off days, on days, after practice, before practice, the amount of time they spend warming up before they start doing anything. These guys are not being mistreated. Sometimes hamstrings pull. But the level, and that's what people don't realize either, the level of attention the actual guys give their own bodies. Sure. It's their job. It's their job. It is literally their job. They have to eat correctly. They have to stretch. They have to... You know, cool down before or after matches. They got to do the right things before ma- Like, seriously, it's, it's, it, people don't realize they are professional athletes. In every way. They are professional yeah. athletes. It's not like they're going home and just going about messing around. It's like these guys are resting up. They know that, like, yeah. especially, especially now, our bench is not deep. No. They know, I mean, not going to have to play Niall 90. knows he's got to play 90. Tosh knows, likely, going to play 90. Yeah. Like, that's a reality right now, and you have to take care of your body. Oscar Jimenez knows I'm playing the next eight 90s. And if you aren't doing, and they do every little bit that you can do for it. Like, there is no problem with the conditioning. There is no problem with the training. There is no problem with the game plans. There's no problem with any of that. There has been some issue with execution in the final third on our end and on their end. But we're getting into position to take shots and we're missing them. Mm -hmm. And we're not allowing them to take many shots and the shots they're taking, they're making. That's where our problems are with this team. And anything beyond that, if you think that we're failing tactically, then look at all the other numbers, man. Like there's, I'm, I'm baffled by anybody who is critical of this team on a macro level as opposed to a micro level. Yeah. Yeah. We'll laugh in, in like a month or yeah. whatever oh, yeah. it is and just be like, oh, well, we had we had 12 shots on goal in this game and we have we got 10 tonight, but we actually just put four of them in. Right. One, yeah. four, one. So, okay, great. So it's now it's, we're awesome. Yeah. yeah. The productivity is there. The execution maybe not right now. Uh, I don't have enough to say about Birmingham's. Uh, I don't have enough to say about Birmingham's actual plan of attack in this game. Uh, they looked content to sit back and hit us on counters in the last game, and they yeah, thumped that, us on two of them. But I feel like that's the thing about any of the expansion teams is like, and one of the things that makes it so hard to make any kind of. For me, you all can't say anything. I'm really the only person who can, who can give an honest opinion about anything. I'm giving my honest opinion. I opinions. know you are. I know. Hey. Um, cool. That's the thing about any of the expansion teams, though, is that even right now, you're still like, there's still, you gotta imagine, they're still trying stuff out. There's still so much more figuring out than what any of the teams like us who've been in the league. Yeah. Going on right now, so it's hard to make any kind of like, uh, I bet they do this. They, because you could say like, uh, they've been playing back, they've been, pre-. 
But that doesn't mean that they're going to try something new because they're an expansion team. They're right. try, everything's fucking new right, right now. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the way I, I felt. I feel about Birmingham this year sort of the way I felt about Indy last year. That it's a quality team that on any given day can beat anybody, but that they're still new to each other and new to the league, and yeah. on any given day they might lose to anybody, and that at the end of the year they'll be more dangerous than they were at the beginning of the year, just Absolutely. because they'll have time together under their belts and sort of have come together on a philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not that upset that we're playing them again this quickly. I don't want them to get like a serious mojo working before we play them, just because they've got talent, mm-hmm. real talent on that yeah, team. Uh, Prosper is a real deal. Uh, Hoffman is obviously the real deal. Uh, I mean, they've got they've got guys that are scary on that side, yeah. and I'm glad that we're not giving them plenty of time to be like, oh, this is our squad. We're really yeah. good. You don't want to play us right now. Uh, this could be a make right game for us. We could use that, and if we could get what the expected goals thought in the last game against them, where we should have won three to one, and we instead lost two to three. Maybe that happens in this next game, and you all, everybody feels like, oh, okay. Maybe this guy wasn't falling as badly as we thought after we won two nice games and then lost a heartbreaker on the road. Every now and then, perspective. Do you think we see George or Luke start? As opposed to just being subbed in? Like, is it too early to just full-on start him? No, I don't think so. I actually know the answer to that question, and I'm not allowed to say the you answer to, to that question. You don't have to brag. I actually know the answer don't to that be, question, don't, don't so I'm brag. not going to answer it. Uh, no, I, I had that conversation with Mario today, yeah. about, uh, and Hack has a pretty good idea of what his starting lineup is going to be, Yeah. and I don't think that anybody would be surprised by any of the names in it, uh, but I think that we're going to start seeing some guys come back to health. Uh, the one, the, a couple of things that I intentionally didn't find out, Ballard is getting close. It sounds like that we that Richie Ballard may theoretically be able to get on the bench in this game. What a boost right. that would be! Yeah, unbelievable. Be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hubbard, really is getting close and might be on the bench for this game. He's probably not all the way up to game speed yet, but he's close. And I think that if we don't sign another keeper this week, that can be a pretty good indication of how close he is. Yeah. So keep att- pay attention to the uh, to the Twitter sphere and uh, LouisvilleCityFC.com because if we haven't signed a keeper, we're going to have a backup keeper on our roster for our game this weekend. So keep that in mind. Just a quick bit. Played with Rich and played with Chris for years, just growing up mm-hmm. being in Louisville. Chris Hubbard is raw. He, okay. is a, he is a fantastic goalie. Obviously, he hasn't played. You know, he didn't play last year. But, like, go go watch some Notre Dame tape of Chris mm-hmm. Hubbard. A lot of talent there. Fantastic. Big kid, quick, good feet. Yeah. Strong hands. Yeah. Good keeper. Yeah. Seriously. Shut up, dude. He's got, <laughs> that's a legitimate like that. commentary. It's a I've legitimate never keeper heard commentary. you say that before. Maybe we've never I had a keeper never, with strong hands. Oh, my God. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> he's got he's got strong wrists, man. Does that not, not help? Better. That's not better. <laughs> All right. I've watched some Notre Dame tape, and I've been impressed by his ability to uh, knock away balls that were maybe. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Alright, so is there just no way to talk about keepers without no, making you giggle is, like is. a small oh. child? 
Dylan, I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> you had for all. Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. All right. It's been a long uh, day. So I we, work with Evan. Yeah, he, he, he gets there. <laughs> he knows. Um, so maybe you see a Ballard. Maybe you see a uh, a uh, Hubbard on the bench. They, neither of them is likely to start, but both of them are probably close. Um Obviously, George and Luke are getting their fitness back in the line now that they are clearly healed enough from their uh, from their ailments, and we're going to be missing Nye. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Red card, you're going to be missing him. I'm I'm not sure if the ruling has officially come down from the uh, from the USL yet, so I'll just say that he's got a red card, so he will be missing at least one game, and that will be this Birmingham game. And so that means we're going to need some help in the middle of the midfield. How far along is Ombi? Ownby is he got a little bit of time left, as does maybe uh, ish and yeah. Paolo probably two to three weeks ish. Uh, yeah. So you're looking at still time on both right. those guys. But right. but listen, what the things we're saying right now should be cause for optimism and not concern. Everything we just said and Lunt, I, I don't have any new information, but it doesn't sound permanently serious. Uh, so if that's the case, then we could have our entire roster completely, fully healthy yeah. and ready to rock before we hit mid-June. Yeah. I don't like, think it's July, like the, it's... the July 6th home game, the giant July 6th home game, we could have an entire first-choice roster of everyone that we could possibly want. If they're on the roster, they're available and ready to play. I don't think it's concern. I think it's just anticipation. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, you know it's coming. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's so nice that they're only a couple of weeks away. Now. They're they're all getting close. Yeah, they're close. I'm I'm curious to like from kind of the team perspective going in, going into Birmingham and coming off a loss like that. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about like not beating a dead horse of like berating guys, telling yeah. them what they did wrong right. after a loss. Like they're grown adults, they know yeah. they messed up. Yeah. yeah, like that's clear. But like. I feel like Hack and Danny are kind of the type of guys that are just kind of going to be like, "All right, here are the things you did wrong. Here's how we here's how we don't win. Go work your ass off and go win. You all know you did wrong. Here's what we should do instead. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, seriously. Yeah, Uh, and I think you know, uh, over that's that is the part of coaching that I don't have a feel for Coach Hack Mm -hmm. for yet. I now feel 100% certain that he has a complete and utter mastery understanding of the X's and O's of soccer and where people need to be and win and how they need to get there and good ways to attack and good ways to defend. I'm confident. I will no longer ever really question that. The part of coaching that you can't know unless you see is how do you communicate and uh, motivate young men to do their best? Mm -hmm. How do you get talent? How do you get the most out of talented people? And you know it'll take a lot of things. If if by if we keep playing at this level, you're gonna have to try some coaxing. You're gonna have to try some yelling. You're gonna have to try some threatening. You're gonna have to try some uh, you know, hey, I'm bringing in this 19 year old kid on a loan from New York, yeah. which worked really well last year. James yeah. Sands came yeah. in and played really well, and I thought Paolo played the six better than he's ever played it the two mm-hmm. three weeks after that. Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe that's the sort of thing you got to try again this year. I don't know. I don't know. But that's any leadership role in any organization, though. Absolutely, figuring out you know one on one, like what are you best at? How do I get? How do I best get through to you? What are you best at? How do I get best? You know what I mean? If you were my leader, Andy, how would you do it with me? Violence, violence, just tons of torture. I I absolutely, (laughs) 
absolutely respond to physical threats. Violence and bully tactics, hands down. 100%, you're completely um, right. No, but the, and you know, the one thing that, one of the things that has always kind of struck me about Hack is he seems like a very intuitive guy. He seems like a very, like, he wants to know, he wants to know you. You know, like, we've had him on the podcast a few times, and in those conversations, like, he's genuinely interested, he's asking us for some reason, yeah. in us, right? Yep. He seems like a very intuitive guy, and I feel like, like I said, any any kind of, like, leadership or management position, you have to have that, and he's got it. Yeah. But, and, and that's the thing that you have to learn over time. Um, you got to learn over time, like, how to deal with certain people, and coming in and putting them into a system like for example just from my experiences like somebody like Abdu yeah like Abdu's not a guy you're gonna sit and break down two hours of film and say like this is where this is what you should have done this is what you should have done right like sometimes like the keep it simple stupid type yeah. situation like sometimes that works for people like sometimes you gotta get in somebody's grill and say go run harder yeah. That's it. Like, period. Yeah. You know? Give them four or five indicators and be like, if you see this, then do that. If you see this, then do that. Otherwise, go score goals, dude. Yeah. Go score goals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I, I think that we've sort of gotten what we can get out of our preview of Birmingham. We've kind of run into a theme here with our previews of mostly talking about what do we expect from our team. I, I'll start doing more research on our opponents. Uh, honestly, I don't. I no longer care that much what our opponents do. At this juncture in the season, I care what we're going to do. Uh, I feel like we are the master of our games at this point. Either yeah. we play well and they adapt, or we don't. That's sort of the end of it. So I can't and won't. Uh, Dylan can make his own decision about this, but Andy, give me a prediction. Three nothing. Three nothing. So you think we come out and really put this groove? I think we're fucking angry. I think I, we're pissed because. I think there's almost, almost resentment on our part that we didn't get to play him in a normal setting, right? Yeah. Um, the strangeness of that 11 a.m. Yeah, game. I think we're pissed because we know that we're the better team, hands down. Um, I think we come out and just hammer it. I love and it. just hammer yeah, them. Like that. I super hope Merciless. you're Merciless. Right. I super hope and, you're And right. uh, so the obvious Oscar to Paco. Because, There's one. Because I want to. It's due now also. We're due for a from Oscar to Paco. And we role. really are. All right. Um, Luke. Luke gets one. I think Luke is seems like he's in good form. He's in a good place. I won't be at all surprised to see him get some real minutes in this game. Yeah. Obviously, he played a full half in the last game. Yeah. The fitness is coming back. He's going to have another week of working on it. Yeah. Should be available for a I think we see some something explosive from him. Like, right. normal run of play, nothing fancy. I think he just powers through them. I like it. I'm down with that. And then, uh, you got any idea of the third one? No. Okay. Dylan, I don't like to go that way. I, I don't make predictions anymore. Yeah. Uh, as a team employee, I just think that uh, it's, it's a little gauche. But I'm completely down with you doing so. I only don't because I would have to do it every week, and it starts to not be great. Um, I I like I really like the three zero. I think I think in my opinion three one. I think they snag one somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, they showed a real but I think, talent for the counter against. This I league. think we get goals. Um, I like Maggie to score again. He's yeah. been playing so well. I think Abdu. 
um, can be dangerous as, against this yeah, group. Yeah, absolutely. And then wild card. Uh-oh. I think based on the last, like, two or three games, OJ's been so dangerous. Yeah, he has been. yeah. And he's just, he's mishit it. And yeah. I think this is the week where he's yeah. like, man, I'm going to freaking bury this. I think he may be he right. Is a, he is a Scouse's house favorite. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, but he, like, you see him, like, I, I'm sure you're all are up there and you just see him coming down the flank. Oh, it's man. Like, you know that ball's coming across and you That's know, a, like, it's, it's a coming in. It's a beautiful thing to watch. If, yeah. he gets, if, if he can get one on frame, I think he'll score. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right, so we got two, three to nothing. No, one, three to nothing, and one, three to one prediction. Uh, I think you may be right. All right, uh, let's power through some news here because we okay. only got like one and a half pieces of news. The Ben Lunt injury we were just talking about, he's out. He's probably out this week. He might be out for a couple more weeks after that. We don't really have the details of that injury yet. He'll be getting evaluated this week. We'll give you information when and where we have it. He's German. We heal quick. That, that's the hope. Absolutely. Uh, and then you've got a piece of Scouse's house news. Uh, do you... Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm the worst at this. Uh, we're going to do a Champions League. We don't know when or where, but we're going to do a Champions League preview okay. podcast. Why are we going to do one? I don't know. Because they told me that we were going to do who's it. Who's playing in it, Andy? <laughs> Look, I'm not here to argue semantics. Okay. <laughs> So Liverpool versus Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> Tottenham. Who? Tottenham. Never heard of them. Tottenham. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Liverpool versus Tottenham. Obviously, Scouse's house. Scouse's house, house. has a uh, pretty firm connection yeah. to the Reds. We did a uh, preview podcast for the Champions League final last year that ended up being our most popular podcast ever. Uh, really? Yes, but that's Still. mainly because Liverpool Twitter picked it up, and so it got distributed to a bunch of non-Lou City fans. They're just oh, Liverpool fans, oh. and so uh, that doesn't count. Uh, and so, by virtue of that, we're going to do another one this week, uh, how, or at some point before the final, anyway, in the next month. Uh, Scouse will be picking out a uh, good pool. Of, what is the final? Uh, the final is you got the date. Uh, I think it's, Saturday, late May. Early I was gonna June. say, is it June six? Is the number sticking out in my head uh, for some reason? June five? I don't know. I feel like it's. I don't know. But at any rate, before that happens, we'll be doing the preview podcast, and Scouse is picking out a, a hand-picked group of Tottenham, yeah. Liverpool, Premier League, and soccer experts to talk on the subjects. And uh, we've we've always done a round table for this type of thing, so I imagine we'll probably have six, seven people for this yeah. pod. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm hoping Andy will tag along for this one. A lot of the times, Maybe Andy doesn't do these. I don't know what the well, but that's the thing is, about. I think it'd be fun because you've actually paid a little bit of attention to the Reds this year. I have, and so you might because be now McCabe to told me to, so I was like, well, yeah. okay. he did, and he June scares 1st. me, so I don't. June, June 1st, 1st, 3 p.m. Pride night is that evening, and then we play 7 p.m. that night. That's awesome. correct. Uh, so we'll be looking for that podcast that'll be out and available from us. Would be cool if we could get maybe like a nudge from the front office. Maybe we could drink a bunch of beers prior to the Liverpool Tottenham game, watch it, and then go watch Blue City. um, That would be nice. That would be awesome. I have no doubt that I'll be carrying really heavy field boards during that game. Like that's what I'll be doing. Um, any at any rate, I will find a way to watch it somewhere, sometime. Yelling at ball kids, and I will be yelling at ball kids. I got a lot of commentary about yelling at ball kids. Oh, man. Lot, I, in the last podcast, I, uh, I I admitted my hatred for ball kids, and Dylan is actually in charge of the selection and training of those really? ball kids. That is, and he's failing me miserably because those little shits can all just. Wait, were you there? Were you like making the rounds, probably, of the ball kids yep, last probably. week? Probably. 
Yeah, likely. Yeah. No, no, you were in Vegas for that last one, though, weren't you? Uh, 420, I was in oh, Vegas. Oh, so, but not this last uh, one. Yeah. For Memphis, you were there, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday that's was funny there. because uh, Scouse's house member, Jay Hindenock, <laughs> when you walked around, because Evan had just come through like five minutes before, mm-hmm. and when you walked around talking to all the ball kids, too, <laughs> Jay was like, I love you, buddy. But Jay you. was like, hey, look, it's a better looking Evan. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. No, that's totally right. <laughs> no. Uh, Dylan Terry is exactly what I would look like 10 years, 50 pounds, and three plastic surgeries ago. Uh, <laughs> you look incredible. Hey, good on you. The new role suits you. I know it. Um, the uh, other news and notes that we've got, I'm moving directly on from that. <laughs> uh, the other news and notes that we've got to cover is that um, the next home game, the next official home game in league play is against St. Louis. It's Military Appreciation Night. Yeah. It's a big night. If you have got a military ID, uh, past and, and or present, uh, you if you are active or retired military, I got to say it correctly because it's not for family of military. It's for the military members themselves. Uh, active or retired military with a uh, valid ID, you will get a free ticket to the game. Also, thank you for your service. And completely thank you for your service. That's what the tickets is about, saying thank you to your service. Uh, A lot of cool things planned from the Marines, who are our title sponsor that night. They're going to do some good stuff with with the groups. Uh, Also, that night, we are having another one of the uh, post-game parties over at Butchertown Social. I went to the last one. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Some tasty drinks. They put together some cool drink specials. There was a good crowd. They were like... It was the night of uh, the horrendous weather game. Yeah, it was. And we still had like 150, 200 people there rocking their purple, drinking their drinks. Uh, I'm definitely going to hit that thing up again uh, for the drink specials and apparently some food and drink specials for the military that night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking forward to it. People have no idea how much the Butchertown Social is on board with Blue City. First and foremost. And second, they're like... Stadium, we're gonna be neighbors, we're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, it's I, gonna be great. I represent, I, I have a few accounts in Butchertown who are just pumped about it. Oh, yeah, pumped about the new stadium, yeah. and that's something that I think is important. Like, we we pump the new stadium constantly, constantly as we should. Did you see the, you see the uh, light stanchions have gone oh, up? Oh, yes, I did, Woo! sir. Woo! Yes, I did. Anyway. But, but that's the thing is that we need those bars. A lot of those bars think about it Butchertown Social, Odeon. Shun Pizza Hall, like a lot of those places are kind of up and coming places, right? For like sure. a lot of those, and that's what we need yep. is people like that to be excited about. Because they're coming up with us, though. Yes. It's kind of like, hey, we've been around three, four right. years, so are we. We're ready. Butchertown itself, as a whole, as a collective, is on the rise. Absolutely. And everybody's timing it exactly right. Copper and Kings has hopped yeah. on board in a big way. And, uh,. There are a number of the bars over yeah. there that are really, really starting to get on board with us. Uh, Come to Butchertown Social; it's going to be a blast. Yeah. I'll be there. One of, my, one of my absolute favorite things is to is when uh, a group of Louisville City fans, fresh off of a game, go to a bar because at Butchertown Social, you could tell that they they like they're their regular crowd. And then there's loose city fans that just like oh, inundated yeah. it, and even the regular. And so you have the regular crowd that's like, what is go? Oh, we like we had a few people ask us, did you all just come from a game? And that's the opportunity. Yep. That's the opportunity to say yes, and it was awesome. 
how are you not there? Yeah. Get your we had a blast. Okay. How are you, you not see there? see that we had a blast. We came from an awesome game, and now we showed up at the exact same time that you did. We're going to do the exact same thing that you were doing now. I completely agree. That's it. That's my um, pump. All right, and then uh, I got uh, let's 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 pump Dylan with a couple of real quick questions, and then we'll uh, we'll bounce out of here. I don't think I think that with my uh, game day experience, that counted as banter. I I, I ran yeah, I railed yeah, on that for a minute. Yeah. Dylan, you are I know this. Uh, you were the hero of the 2017 front office Wool Cup team. And you were unable to bring home a championship for the front office that day. Fact. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that uh, I put together a team that was able to win and that you stiffed us on playing in that game? Well, This I, is the questions that people want to know the answer so, to. I don't think it is. But. So <laughs> here's the reality. You and Campbell and maybe two or three others were inquiring about my presence at the Wool Cup this year. Yeah. And it was my girlfriend's birthday. I elected to go play nine holes with her uh-huh. and Smart did man. not play at the Wool Cup. Smart man. Euphemism. Um, did not play at the World Cup. And they won the World Cup. Yeah. And I'm very, very, very proud. Look at this guy being magnanimous. There you go. He's very proud because if we had failed to win the World Cup and he had not played... Would have felt really bad. Yeah. Absolutely I would have. Yeah. But all things Mostly worked relief. out. It, it's a, it was a win-win for everyone. It, it did. Um, all right. Uh, you are an enormous... Not only do you work in the office with me, you are an enormous fan of the office. Love I know it. this about you. Um... Is that what she said the best office <laughs> quote, or is it just like top ten? Oh, man. I, I, I would put it definitely in like top three, okay. whether it's the best or not. I think like... What's just, the best office episode? Oh, man. I know. I'm really... That's the hammer that's, right there. Give, I need more time. <laughs> I need more time. You can't just ask somebody that yeah. on the spot. Which is your favorite child? Initially, initially, just... the, the best episode for me for the like the first five years of watching The Office had to be sexual harassment. Classic. Just, just the whole... <laughs> Classic. The whole... Like, he's pushing people not to harass sexually and then just capping it off oh, at the end. Oh, my God. Good work today, people. Just after yep. all that. Gla- great episode. Um, Are, do you like more of the Pam and Jim stuff, or do you like more of the like Michael and Dwight zaniness? Uh, I like Jim, Dwight, Michael zaniness. Okay. Throw in Andy late. Yeah, and I wild card. Andy. I hate Andy. Okay, everybody hates so Andy. You know who, hate you know who Andy. everybody? Uh, I hear everybody hates Robert California. Ooh, I love Robert California. <laughs> He when, he so tells us, when he tells he the dude the on the phone, you don't know who the fuck I am. I'm the Lizard King. <laughs> Robert Calvary is fantastic. Um, Woo. The pool party. I mean, dude, James Spader, the, the first. Game. Do you remember yeah. the first ep when they did the interview? Oh, yeah. When Robert California interviewed, and he just looks in the camera and gives that, that oh. twitch. Dude, Brilliant. So so Dylan and Andy next week will be starting the Robert California podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> scenes from Robert California's performance on the office. You know, here's what's crazy. So Stephanie and uh, the like probably like a week ago, we were like, well, "What do you want to watch?" Right? Like you have your like, "Well, what do you want to watch tonight?" Yeah, it's a yeah. Wednesday night. You're not yeah. doing anything. You just yeah. ate dinner. What do you want to watch? Her seat. She was like, "Well." We can start watching The Office again. Well, and that's yeah, the great thing about that show. It's like, you know what? Yeah, let's you start. You've start start never been higher. I feel that way 100% about The Office. I feel that way 100% about Parks and Rec. I feel that way yeah. 100% about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
And those are the three that I really can just keep watching. Yeah. It's like, start them over. Sweet. Let's go. Um, all right. So that'll be a good podcast. You guys are going to be really good at it. What was the Brad Estes and you were talking about? Uh, that any two white guys with beards, that's a podcast? Yeah. Yep. Then, sure. then here are God, three of us. True. So, <laughs> um, All right. So we've got... Uh, I'm trying to think. The You played for U of E... You told where us you played. Where, you're born and raised in Louisville. Yep. Where'd you go to high school? Louisville, Mail High. All right. First Mayo. high school Mayo. west of the Appalachian Mountains, 1856. Send it. Nope. Is that better? I thought he was about to pull out a recording of the Mail fight song right oh there. God. Just like, it's, it's, uh, that's actually my ringtone. Do you so know why it's called Mail? Yeah. Yes, it was called Louisville Boys School way, way, yeah. way back. And then yeah. in 1896, it split. Became Louisville Male High School and what female. is now University of Louisville. Yeah. Originally, it was called female. Yeah. There was a male and a female. Yeah. Andy, let me ask you then. We're, this is why did they name Why did they name DeSales DeSales after Count DeSales? No, it was Doctor DeSales. I used to know this. I smoked a lot of weed when I was at DeSales. So what? I, I know. Um, Illegal? Much? St. Francis to sales, right? I have no, no idea, dude. I, I'm asking you for information. I do not have the answer to yeah, this. Yeah, I think it was Saint. It was after a saint. It's fine with me. One of the Carmelites. Carmelite monk. I know that. Okay. Carmelite. Carmelite. That's a good word. It sounds, a like a delicious, it sounds like a delicious snack. They're making a comeback. All right. Um, you got anything else that you need to know about Dylan? See, I know way more about Dylan than you do. And so usually we need information, and I have most of that that I... Yeah. Well, here's See, something following up on the Louisville Mail thing. I also went to Barrett Middle School right here on Grinstead. Yeah, okay. Purple. So you've been purple. Since uh, sixth grade. Oh, yeah. Barrett Middle. Louisville Mail. You have Evansville, Evansville Purple Aces. Evansville. Why is Evansville... Why, what's the Purple Aces? Oh, like, dude, is it that? is garbage. So Purple Ace was like a <laughs> riverboat gambler, and they nicknamed him Ace, and then they threw the color purple and was like, hey, that'll be a cool mascot. The worst. It's not strong. It's not strong. It's not my hometown's proudest achievement. I love UE. I'm a blessed alumni from UE. Purple Ace. It's not another strong. animal for no. me. And and the, and the accent color being orange, orange and purple, not a great look. Not a great look. Except if you're Clemson and you're good at football. Even then, though, it's orange. Yeah. And purple. That's it's not purple and orange. Yeah, that's so funny. It's bad. Funny. It's bad. It's a bad combo. U of E, wonderful in a lot of ways. Yeah. Their color scheme, really their entire PR, not strong. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm from Newburgh and not from Evansville. Um, anyway, you got anything else? I've heard you say that you're in our in in our friendship. Yeah. I've heard you say that you're from at least five different places. I am. Listen, I will one hundred percent be no. I will one hundred percent claim that I'm from Evansville. I will 100% claim that I'm from Newburgh, which is a suburb of Evansville where I was born in Evansville. We lived in Newburgh. Uh, I will 100% claim that I'm from Cincinnati because that's where I went to high school. That I'm from St. Louis because that's where I spent my formative years where I became aware of the world around me. Uh, I will say that I am from Indianapolis because that was when I started to kiss girls. I will say that I am from St. Louis, Missouri because uh, I love the Cardinals so much that how could you not? Uh, Iowa City, Iowa, because I was the right age. Okay. You know, I lived so many places before I was 12 that you're just like, yeah, I'm from there. Because in your 
tiny little child-sized pea brain. You it think that's an answer for everything, don't you? I really do. Ugh. It's almost like I've thought this through before. Anyway, uh, I don't have anything else. Andy, you got anything else? No, thank you, Dylan. Dylan, you got thank anything you, else? Gentlemen. For suffering through this. Oh, I enjoyed it. Have <laughs> 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 me on anytime. We appreciate it. Some really, really interesting topics. We could really. There, we, frankly, we didn't deep dive several of them where I thought we could go way deeper into yeah. this. Uh, but we didn't, and so that leaves plenty of extra space to explore with Dylan if we have him on a future podcast. But one way or another, Andy and I, we only ever finish our podcast by saying one thing, and that is by saying, Go, Go City! city.